your feet. I want to hear you make some noise. US 131 Motorsports Park. What you like most about drag racing? We are live right now with Modified to the Lanes. Welcome to the US 131 Motorsports Park Drag Racing Podcast. Strap in and hang on for all the latest news, results, and happenings from the fastest quarter-mile track in the world. Gary and Justin will offer different perspectives on what's going on on the track and highlight different drivers and events along the way. This week, we will be covering the results from our double points or our double race weekend this last weekend, and we've got a couple of you know results from elsewhere that you know some some guys that race here or have raced here and you know doing well at other places and we've got a, a really exciting interview with eddie hall talking about insurance now insurance may be kind of boring and everything but you really want to listen in to this this interview with eddie hall um there's a lot of good information that that we're going to talk about that could really make or break your racing operation and we're also we also will be joined by jake Hodge and Kyle Riley from SFG Promotions to discuss this weekend's race as well as the SFG 500 that we we talked about and that's uh that's going to be pretty much our show this week. All right. Well, just uh, last weekend, of course, we had two beautiful days of weather here at the track on the 7th and the 8th of July. How about that weather? You know, we had air in July that we normally see like in the beginning of May. And in, like, the end of August, early September. Yeah. We saw that effective uh, altitude on Saturday morning start out at about 800 feet. Oh, you're right. I mean, I I know my time run on Saturday morning matched the quickest run that I'd made, and that was in April. Oh, my gosh. You saw juniors going 760. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was Three a bit of a... <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of weight being slung around in the junior pits, that's for sure. Yeah, Tony Goodman started out in Modified pretty well. His first time he's raced up here in the brackets with us. But he has the uh, Supercar Specialties Firebird. You know, the sands of the wheel yep. stands so nice. Well, it's a very consistent car as well. He beat uh, Larry Stoker in Modified on Saturday in the eight-round race. You know, talking about Tony Goodman, he was he was uh, he's pretty good about you know getting some punches in you know as he can, and he says you know he's talking to a few of us in the staging lanes uh, just before first round. He says you know he's you guys generally do pretty good, but I just want you to know that I'm undefeated this year so far. <laughs> he hadn't staged for a round up at that point, wow. up to that point, but at mm -hmm. the end of the day, he was still undefeated and. Man, that car was just that. That car was awesome all day Saturday. Mm -hmm. I mean, it. Oh yeah. He's gonna have to go back and touch up the back bumper, I'm sure. Oh, but yeah. it was. It's <clears throat> amazing how well that car runs and how consistent. <clears throat> One cool thing about it is I got a visit from him in the tower. He brought his grandson up to see him. Oh, did he? That cool. was great. I think his CJ was his name. He uh, he really enjoyed it. His eyes just bugged out when he got that view up there. Oh yeah, cool. But Tony beat Larry in the first round. And then he had to go back and race him again in the final. How oh, I didn't that? realize yeah. that. That's that is kind of neat. So he beat, beat poor Larry Stoker twice, but uh, he ran uh, oh, ten twenty five in at least three of the rounds. You know, in, in the cooler part of the day, he yeah, was so it, consistent. It, it was, and in, in in the semis, he had a ten twenty five on the window, and it went ten twenty five zero zero. He left the twenty five on it in the final, and it went ten twenty five zero one. So two runs standing on the back, including bumper, the wheel stand, right within a ten thousandth of a second. Is is that's flat impressive. So you know who won top was Chad Six. He beat uh, Keith Layton in the 
in the uh, eight-round race in top ET on Saturday. Yep, and Chad could do no wrong. I mean, every time oh, he let yeah. go, it come up teen or O. I mean, yep. it was he was doing really well. His Saturday. average light was was a ten all day in top. Amazing. The That's worst awesome. was an eighteen. That's awesome. So you just get on a roll sometimes. Oh yeah, it, it and once you do that, it, it's just it it's it it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really is. It just but getting to that point is not easy. And that's the best we've seen Keith Layton do in a long time. Yeah, Keith was doing really well. He you know, he he did have a red light first round mm-hmm. and bought back and went to the final, got runner up and paid for his weekend. Yeah, we'll talk more about Chad in a minute, but uh, Donnie Hager, he won street. Over your brother, Kyle Wanamaker, yep. in a seven-round race. Hashtag Team Justin. Okay. I, I I can't help but notice. I mean, you didn't put it in the results, but the street final was both of Team Justin drivers. Well, we'll get to this uh, fantasy <laughs> fantasy business here in a little bit. But the uh, Donnie's car you know, didn't vary only 500s over the whole race, and his average light was a 13. Now, for street... That's, that's that's respectable, wouldn't you think? <laughs> that's more than respectable. That's that that's only three thou away from the average light that the winner in Top, top. E T had. I know. So. <laughs> I know. Louis uh, Louis Hall made it to the semifinals. He lost to Donnie with, with three left. I thought that was pretty cool. My buddy Louis doing well. Doing real well. Yeah. In uh, Master Junior Dragster on Saturday, Bailey Burkhart uh, won over Tobin Will. Now this this lady must be very intimidating because. Everybody red lighted. No kidding. Her. All five rounds, she had a buy plus five red lights against her. Now she's not to take anything away. She did her job. Yep. Her lights were green on the other side and and pretty respectable too. Yep. She had to stage up and do her best. But everybody red. I've never seen that. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't happen very often. I I can remember. Geez, it's been a few years ago. It was a modified the first race of the year in modified. Um, Eric Niefert and Al Bruchard were ran each other in the final, and they both got there on all red lights the whole day. Mm. And I think I think Eric red lit in the final. <laughs> so <laughs> way to go, Al! But it it definitely doesn't happen very often. It, it doesn't mean you're taking it easy on the other side. No, no, sure. it doesn't. But yeah, that was uh, that master class is really getting to be respectable. They had uh, double O lights. I think five races were one of the double O. Six of uh, the red lights, I saw nine altogether. Six of them were double O red lights. No kidding. So these kids are right on Just the edge. chopping it down. Unbelievable. Advanced junior dragsters, Braden Peters beat Caden Goble in the in the 890 class. Mm-hmm. Now, a little, little something about what the Peters family had going on. They, they're running points at, at Summit Motorsports Park in Norwalk, as well as US 131 Motorsports Park. Mm. Norwalk had a, one of their points races Saturday. They got there. Braden's brother Nick went to the final and got runner up. Okay. They jumped in the motorhome, stopped at a rest area. Dad got out, barbecued for the family, and they had to have ice cream. And mm-hmm. they got here to find out that they had just missed first round. Mm-hmm. So they they bought him back they in. Bought back in. And not he hadn't made a time trial at one thirty one that day. Right. They had made some runs down in Norwalk. And uh, Braden showed up and, and and bought back and ended up going to the win. final and winning. He wins the race. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool to and see. That wasn't given to him either. He, no, he earned that win. That was uh, that was pretty amazing to, to miss first round altogether and buy back. And you're, you're talking the entry fee and the buyback money. Then uh, in beginner, do you know this girl that uh, won the beginner junior dragster? You just yeah, might know. Her. I think I, you live with her, right? Yep, yep. Hashtag Team Justin Driver right there. Yeah, my my daughter Kenzie. Had the had the weekend of her life. I mean, that was <laughs> she she really did good. Um, she 
she she went undefeated over the weekend. Yeah, she cool. won Saturday and Sunday. That Saturday was the first time she'd won, mm-hmm. and I think that was her fifth final on Saturday, maybe her sixth. Wow. So and good to, to get there and 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 know that you know what I've been here before and, and it hasn't worked out. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you could tell it was it it was something that was on her mind, but she worked through it and and yep. she ended up getting the wind light. To she come sure on. didn't look like she was scared of anybody. But, uh, yeah, winning both days, that was pretty neat. The Mojo race was fun to watch. Kelly Smith over Austin Truler in the final there. Kelly, was uh, his average reaction time was 18 through the four rounds at the Mojo race. Mike Staley was number one qualifier with a 577. But uh, we had, like, 265 entries. There was a ton of cars here. Yeah, Saturday, which is just as many as we had at the Night of Thunder. Yeah, and very, I thought that close. was, a you know, a pretty heavy car count. Right. And just for the Night of Thunder, because that generally happens. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Let's see. My favorite round was uh, two Team team Gary cars. In, yep. a, in the second round of uh, top, Dave Lorenz and Bernie. I call these guys seasoned veterans. See, that's a nice but way the, to put it. They're, they're masters at the sport, right? <laughs> they had to race each other. Dave was two thou on the tree. Bernie was four thou on the tree. Dave was dead zero. Bernie was dead seven. They both ran right on their dial. Man. Dave took eight thou at the stripe. I took a picture of the screen. I couldn't believe it. Yep. Dave's 2,000s package, right? He's yep. 2,000s total. And he made Bernie's 4,000s light ineligible. That, he couldn't have done anything about it. Nope. So uh, I was just wondering, what, is, what would it be like to cut a 00 light, run right on, 004 light, run right on your dial and get beat? How do you do that? You know, Bernie, come on. That's, it, it, that could almost be one of them burn barrel tickets that people talk about. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where... You hear about it. Yeah, you do. And and that's uh, that's where, you know, a lot of the races, like the SFG race coming up this weekend. Oh, yeah. There'll be best losing packages and best losing packages of the weekend. Mm-hmm. That's... I that mean, had to be a stuff. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's right up there with some of the, the better ones that I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say, oh, I had... 10 total and still got to be, I mean, the, to, to get under a four total right? for Lorenz, that was pretty, it's laughable. It's amazing. Yep. Hey, and the next day uh, on Sunday, Chad, six now in, in modified. Letting go on the bottom. Yep. yep. He, he he didn't win. He won the top on Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, and he wins the modified on Sunday. Yep. Have you ever seen anybody do that? I don't think I have. I, don't I really don't think I have. I, I know I've seen some some guys leaving off the bottom win top before it's not doesn't happen very often but yeah it has happened but not two different classes in two different days i thought that's kind of unique uh, anyhow it's uh that was over uh, stan jones you know hashtag gary and then uh <laughs> chad's lights for 28 all day now he was 18 on the top side yep. let him go on the top bulb and then the next day on, on the modified he was 28 just a little a little better not, yeah. not bad but no uh, not bad at all you, you see the difference though oh yeah the bottom and the top bulb uh, but that was his second win of the weekend. By the way, that earned him the uh, race of the week. Oh, did it? Oh, okay, my, I was gosh. wondering. I know, yeah. I knew Chad and and Donnie both uh, were were well deserving of it. I was wasn't sure which way you were going with that. Yeah, yeah. I submitted that article today, so you'll see that in the latter part of the week. Oh, very good. But Stan's car was with the fourth owl all day long. Now he's a second gear That's Stan, so. right? He's he's yep. he's uh, got a new uh, strategy. Yep. And, yep. Uh, seemed to work pretty well, and he was he ran 152 miles an hour six times. Right. Uh, Running nine thirty. What does that tell you? That, well, that tells you that shifting is is the inconsistent part of racing. Well, it does add, add an element <laughs> of inconsistency. Well, and, and leaving in high gear, you're not hitting the tire as hard either. Yeah. So, but what uh, what stands 152 mile an hour six times tells me is he's not holding much. Yep. 
That's true. That's the way he races, huh? Yep. That's uh, pretty flat out. And and it's and it makes it easy to race when you're when your car moves four thou during the whole day to just paint the number on and and just and just count on just it. let go. It, it becomes a practice tree race. You count on it. Yep. And and you think the shifting is the lack of shifting is helping the it's consistency. It's it's got to be. It's got to have something to do with it. Just think what that transmission is going. Through. <laughs> it's crying. In the in top ET, it was Tim Clifton over Rick Wanamaker. You know him too. Yep. Yep. That my a... my dad was uh he he had a rough weekend. Yeah. Fuel pump burn up in the dragster. I mean, it, it shorted out and started wires on fire and stuff. Oh, and I didn't that know was that. Saturday, that first round. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Rick Morley was gracious enough to to let him borrow a fuel pump for the weekend. Good. And he put it in there and and was still something just wasn't quite clicking. And then and he ended up losing first round and bought back and mm-hmm. and went to the final. And the the gremlins came back. And as soon as he set the trans brake button in the final, the car rocked back out of the stage beam, and, yep, and that that's was it. right. I remember now. Oh, so, tough break. But, you know, the story of Tim Clifton, yes. I mean, that's that's a neat story right there. Uh, he, he got out of racing 23 years ago, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he decided to dust off the old car or pick up a new car, whatever it was, and is a a bit of an unconventional setup. It's not yeah, a real long dragster. No short wheelbase. Looks like, you know, something probably 215, 215 inch range, somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah. Small block, you know, up squat yeah, headers and stuff headers. like that. A little blast um, from the past. Yep. It, it it was a it was a suspended car, so it yep. had some updates. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was running five twenties, which, you know, that's that's not bad. Uh, it, it does make it a little harder when you're having to look over your shoulder at a at a four fifty car coming on you. Mm-hmm. But he was obviously doing well. He he came Friday night, got his license renewed, and <laughs> and ended up uh, getting it figured out Sunday and wow. picking up the win. Well, he really likes the track. Obviously, he's he's coming off a win like that. But he even uh, he talked to Jay about a pit spot. Oh no, kidding! For the rest of the year, he plans oh, good on coming deal. back in two weeks. And uh, nice guy. Good and, deal. And, and uh, he ought to take that fifteen hundred he won and get in this weekend's race. Yeah, I don't know if he's got that kind of confidence or not. I don't think he was ready to do it but uh yeah he ran uh 524 times 521 that's once. solid it's real solid it's hard to argue with that yeah so way to go tim clifton we'll look forward to seeing here a lot more that sounds good street you know it wouldn't be the donnie hagar podcast if it wasn't <laughs> if we didn't talk about him he he won twice in street he beat mitchell smith in the final sunday mm-hmm. and you know somebody so I forget who it was. Somebody came up to me this weekend and said, you know, I'm getting really tired of you talking about Donnie Hagar all the time and not about me. Mm-hmm. Well, I just told him, you, you got to go out and beat him. That's all you got to do. Just beat him early, and, and we won't talk about him. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, he, we're not partial. So two wins in a row, though. Uh, uh, Mitchell bought back, uh, and so uh, he was just earning little points, you know, the little two at a time. Yeah, that's, Unfortunately, he slipped from first down to fifth. It's a tough fourth, way to I mean. come about that one. Yeah, first down to fourth in points with that runner-up finish. But he's he's tough. He'll be back. He'll oh, get back up in there. Definitely. And in the Masters Junior Dragster class, Jake Foster beat Allie Mutchler mm-hmm. in the final there. Allie, the 2017 points champion. Yep, that was a six-round race. Yep. And then Evan Mutchler beat Braden Peters. Braden mm-hmm. Peters went to two finals this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes, he and, did. And lost to Evan Mutchler. He's, Evan's the back-to-back points champion, and yep. he's he's back in the lead and, and, a, mm-hmm. and a pretty commanding lead right now, too. Yeah, yeah he's doing doing real well. Yeah, the uh, – let's see. What else about Evan? He was uh, – you know, Braden red light in the final. Yep. 
But Evan was 19 in the final. Yep. No slouch at all. He, he was not going to let up. No, so not no, at all. Nothing scares him either. Nope. And beginner, one more time. For... One more time, Kenzie Wanamaker. Kenzie, yep. She she got it done Sunday, and this time, she beat uh, Blake Hammer. Yep. And, you know, I, I don't know if we've talked about it or not, but uh, Nick Peters, Braden's little brother, is the only boy in points in beginner junior dragsters. Yeah. There's six girls and one boy. Isn't that something? It is. It, it's it's neat to see. And, it, and it's neat to see the girls out there competing and mm-hmm. and showing really how tough they are. T- truly a, a neutral, a gender neutral sport. That's no question right. about it. Exactly. In the uh, Mojo race, Jim Thurston over Scott Taylor. Now, Scott Taylor, that's his second Mojo final. He, yep. uh, he won back in May, right? Yes, the first he did. Time. Yes, he did. So he... Uh, Jim's average uh, reaction time was 13, Al. Uh, Matika that day on Sunday was number one qualifier with a 565. He got the dragster back out. Yep. Yes, he did. And and that was was Sunday was a full field as well as Saturday, right? Yeah, both days. Well, that's good. That's yeah. that's great to see. It's a it's a neat deal uh, mm-hmm. for the fast cars. I mean, I one of these days it's going to be a short field, and and those guys are going to complain about having to run a slow roadster that's leaving <laughs> off the bottom. <laughs> oh, I don't know. They had a, a good field each each day. They came out and uh, supported Matika's race, the Mojo Quick Sixteen, and it was a a great show. Maybe it'll be a, a full field from here on out. Yeah, that would be good. That'd be really good. So, but we had three repeat winners. You know, Kenzie in beginners, she won both days. Donnie Hager won street both days. Now, Braden was in two finals. He was in two finals. He came close to so getting the double up. that's a good two-day run. And then uh, Chad Sixth went in top on Saturday and modified on Sunday. i got to hand it to him. Yep, that's awesome. That's fair. That's awesome. Moving into to results from elsewhere, uh, Brian Rockwell, he his daughter, Tegan, ran points here last year. Oh, yeah. And he, he, bought, a, he bought a new roadster over the winter, and it's done really well in it, mm-hmm. really well. And he uh, he lost first round, bought back, and ended up winning the top ET at Osceola Dragway. Osceola, yep. And then you know this guy in the yellow Cuda, Double O Joe Meese, wow. picked up a runner up in in modified. And I'm yeah. I know it's still I I don't know how what their schedule looks like down there, but it's not quite a done deal yet. But I got a feeling that he's way out there, huh? That uh, Joe Meese will be making a trip to Memphis. Let's just say that. Yep. So, and then Brad Zaskowski. Winner in Division Three Super Stock at Indy over the weekend. Oh, okay. That's Lucas a, a Oil point, Divisional Race. Yep. Yeah. He uh, went down there and and jammed the gears all the way to a final and, and picked up the win there. So wow. good for Brad. We Brad's a, a, a good friend of US 131, and mm-hmm. and it's good to see him doing real well. Yeah, we'll have to watch him in the division level. Then he's probably going to stand him real well in that Division yeah. Three, and then maybe even. Well, maybe we'll see. We'll talk about the world. Right? We will see. <laughs> you know, one of the something I wanted to just mention real quick here, and and some people that have been around this track for a while know, you know, know of Chuck Puckett. He used to he used to own quite a few cars around here, and his son Ryan made the haul from Houston, Texas, up to up here for the week. They spent some the week with oh, with that's... family and stuff, mm-hmm. but. That was the Black Falcon that yeah, was here. That was him. that's Chuck's old car that uh-huh. Ryan had put together and made a race car slash street car out of it, mm-hmm. and and wanted to race it on the track that his dad raced it at. Uh, now Chuck's been gone for a couple of years, and yep. and it was it was a neat deal. And and one of the more recent cars Chuck owned is the dragster Dick Motika has now. Oh, uh-huh. and Dick Motika drove it when Chuck owned it. Yeah, yeah. 
So small world. It is a small world. We just I just wanted to mention that it was a that's a neat car. I I really liked seeing that and and just seeing the the history behind it and yeah and just a just a neat story. That there. Falcon was pretty cool. It right? was. That's pretty pretty nice. So another perspective from the track. We appreciate it. That's right. Well, that's going to do it for results for this show. Want to talk about the fantasy thing real oh, quick? Oh, yeah, that's right. I uh, guess we can talk about do that. Do we have a couple of minutes, Cameron? I think, uh, well, you guys did pretty well. Actually, our team didn't do too badly either. But uh, in, in top, uh, Justin with uh, Kip Burkhart, doing, he took four rounds, eight, seven wins altogether on the weekend. Jim Davis a couple, Christine a couple. My team, Scott Taylor did okay, but my uh, magical veterans there, they uh, they didn't do so well. It didn't help they raced each other early on. Yeah, too. on that one race, yeah. And then yep. Ka- Cameron had uh, a couple of wins from the to Vandersloot brothers. Yep. In modified, uh, uh, Justin's team, you know, Al- Albersart won three rounds. Tracy won three rounds. Donnie Hager won two. Okay. That's and, that's uh, fair. I had Stan Jones. Oh, yeah. Who so won eight rounds this weekend. There you go. Jeff Green, so... In the modified, I'm out there in front pretty well. And with Cameron, he keeps uh, – Justin is on his team, and Justin went three rounds yep. of winning. And uh, Steve Messick won, and Jessica Morris, too. Street, uh, you really did well. Yeah, Street was a good weekend for me. Donnie Hager and Kyle Wanamaker. And man, there's, there's what, 20-some. 20 20-some 20 rounds there between there's, the two uh, of them. That's, that's solid. Yeah, 20, exactly. Uh, my Street team – between uh, Steve Messick and Ron Hager, they picked up eight round wins. And Cameron's got uh, Matt Knapp and John Thurston, they picked up ten. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. In the Masters, uh, you have uh, Samuel and Bailey Burkhart. Yep. That was a good team because uh, there was 12 rounds won there. No kidding. I have Alex Kish and Tobin Will. Uh, Tobin did good. He won four rounds on Saturday. Oh, good. But that was a total of seven between those two guys. And then uh, Cameron's got Allie Mutchler. Yeah, she a had good, a good, good day Sunday. And Trey Goodson. Oh, and yeah, Trey so did good Sunday, 13 too. 13 round wins between those two wow, races. Wow, look at Cameron. He's he's putting some points on the board. In advance, uh, you've got uh, your son Jason and Lydia Kish. We might have to pick another one there because Lydia's horsing around too oh, much, Oh, that's right. right. I think uh, she's into that equidestrian uh, stuff, and she's doing very well. Yes, she is. Uh, from what I hear from from Tim, but uh, since she's not doing much drag racing, we might have to okay. pick somebody Let else. Let me pick somebody else. Well, think about it. We can start next week or two weeks from now with somebody new in, in the. Uh, okay. Well, I'll I'll send you a message with my pick so I can get them in before the next points okay, race. Okay, that, that that'd be in the advanced class. Okay. Uh, in advance, I have uh, Evan Mutchler and Hunter Scolton, and they picked up eleven wins between the two, eleven rounds, and Cameron's got. Uh, Coley Burkhart and Braden Peters. Braden had a heck of a weekend. Ten, ten rounds there. There, wow. But just those two. Yeah. In a beginner, Kenzie uh, picked up eight points on her own. That's solid. Uh, my Blake Hammer picked up four. There you go. And Jordan Heinemann just just one for. for Jordan struggled a little bit this weekend. So the total right now is uh, Team Justin is leading. That's right. With 138 points. There we go. I'm in second uh, with 132. Ooh. And, and team uh, get fitted for address Cameron <laughs> is uh, one eleven. <laughs> not too bad. Nobody's nobody's running away with this no, thing. No, not at all. Right now, that is uh, what five points of Vince in the bag. Yep. And what eight to go? Seven to go. Se- I seven think. to go. Seven to go. So not quite even halfway yet. Not even half. So we're not worried too much about uh, points or or this thing yet. But uh, we'll we'll still. Uh, 
We'll still, yeah, still have that picture. Still have to mind. find a really long dress for Cameron. Nah. He's like seven foot tall. Yeah, about knee, <laughs> knee length. Something with flowers. You I know, can't. Yep. I, we'll we'll fix him up. Up next, we're joined live in our makeshift studio with Ed Hall. Ed's been around racing. It's got to be his entire life. Everybody knows his dad, <laughs> Louie. And, and Eddie's been around a long, long time. And I know he's got some pretty pretty big racing accomplishments, and he's dabbled in some different things. I can remember the, the Eddie Hall racing tire stickers that used to be on cars. Right. And, and uh, I believe he won a day at the Moroso 5-Day down in Florida. Yeah. And he's he's got quite a quite a racing background, but the real reason we're we've got Ed in here to talk with us is about insurance. You know, yeah. more specifically on your cars, um, the liability part of it, your trailers, and and the contents and everything. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this interview for quite a few <laughs> weeks now. Oh yeah, we've we've tried and 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 finally got our schedules to to align, and yeah. and we're able to get Eddie in here and and be able to talk with him for a little bit. Welcome, Ed. Thanks, Gary, Justin. Thanks a lot, Ed. If you wouldn't just, if you wouldn't mind, just give us a a brief. Who is Eddie Hall? Um, well, the son of Louis and Betty Hall. <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> um, and the father of Louis Hall, Louis Hall. Um, yeah, started um, going to the racetrack with my dad when I was very, very small. Gary Hunt was one of my first heroes. <laughs> Gary actually worked for my dad when I was a young man. That's um, and uh, just uh, raced dirt bikes when I was a kid. And got hurt a couple of different times and kept coming back and just was hurt one time and got bored and wanted to do something while I couldn't ride my my motorcycle, uh, race my motocross bike. So got involved in racing cars. My dad finally talked me into it. And uh, a couple of races in, I won $100 and thought I'd... Uh, uh, <laughs> Couldn't understand why I needed to hurt myself anymore <laughs> for a piece of plastic when I could win money. So right. um, started racing the next year, my motorcycle and my car, and just uh, little by little kind of got off out of the dirt bikes and into the cars and raced for quite a while. Um, as I was sharing with Gary earlier, um, sometimes quite serious for long stretches of time and then sometimes mm -hmm. just when I felt like it. and. Mm -hmm. um, Kind of doing a little bit of both now. Um, sure. So, what's your what's your background in the insurance business then? Ed? Um, started in 1990 and was an agent with a captive company called Farm Bureau for about 10 years. Um, wanted to get more involved in commercial risks, so I left there in in 2000 and started with uh, Trust Shield Insurance, and have been there since 2000, uh -huh. doing a lot of commercial risks, a lot of commercial liability. A lot of professional liability, um, things like that. So in 28 years' experience, you must have seen it all by now. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, of course, we're going to try to focus more on uh, on the racers and, and what they should have for insurance, mm -hmm. especially our keying into our local racers and those that right. travel around this area. Yeah, for sure. So you must have seen a, a few accidents in the, in the past. Uh -huh. With race uh, vehicles, trailers, towing. Can you tell us about one or two incidents? Um, well, I've had a couple of friends that have lost vehicles in, in fires, uh, generally in a trailer. Um, the majority of the stuff that I, that I see is when a car's in a trailer, it gets stolen. Um, mm -hmm. Had a lot of those. Uh, you know, can name friends that have, that have lost everything. Um, fires, as we were talking earlier, is a big deal. Um, you're rolling down the road with batteries and elect electrical right. oh, yeah. um, components. Fuel, everything. Fuel, yeah. yeah. Um, and by the time you know it, it's over with. Um, 
So there's not a whole lot of fighting it. I, I actually have got pictures at home of a guy with a, a motorhome and a trailer up in um, northern Michigan coming back from northern Michigan dragway with it burning at the gas station. Yeah. That's quite a scene. I know that one. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, it does happen. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, you're probably more liable, more likely to have a loser car like that than you are on a racetrack. Um, I've, we all know friends that have lost their cars on the racetrack, but that's not really, that is an insurable risk. You can insure it, but you just can't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very expensive to be able to insure a, a yeah. car going down the racetrack. That's, that you would have to believe. Yeah. Um, so the best thing to do is if, if you're really that concerned about it, the first thing you need to worry about is your trailer and the contents of your trailer. Um, the trailer is insurable on a personal auto policy. I've got mine on my own personal auto policy. Um, if your insurance agent tells you that your race car is insured, either while it's at home under personal property or while it's away, you need to change agents because it's not. Um, unless mm, you're buying... Let, I have plenty of people that tell me that they, you know, their agent told them that they're personal property on their homeowners covers their race car it doesn't doesn't even cover your race car parts doesn't cover your mini bike doesn't cover your scooter doesn't mm -hmm. cover anything mm -hmm. um so if you're interested um I, we actually even had a claim one time where somebody broke open our trailer and stole all of our tools and the insurance company denied it we fought it and we won it but they denied it on the basis that it was a profession oh, oh okay and business personal property is not covered on your homeowners. I see. Uh, It'd be a business claim. Yeah. Sure. Wow. Yeah. So Interesting. So we, we won that. We won that battle, and they paid it, but we had to fight. Quite the battle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because they they called it a profession. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can buy insurance on your race car. It's a very select market. Um, there's only certain companies that will do it. Um, but it covers it. Sometimes they'll have key on your key off coverage so it's covered anywhere as long as the key is off and the motor's not running then other companies will change it and say we'll even give you key you know motor running coverage as long as you're not within x amount of feet from the racetrack mm -hmm. which would give you coverage if you're driving through, through through the pits and somebody pulls out in front of you and you hit them mm -hmm. so it's just different companies look at them different ways those are some of the questions to ask is that expensive um Usually for a $25,000, $30,000 car, it'll be $600 a year. Okay. And that gives you coverage while you're at the racetrack, as long as, you know, you're not on the racetrack under its own power. Mm -hmm. um, gives you coverage at home, gives you coverage while you're in transit, while it's in your trailer. Gives you coverage if <clears throat> you head to the restaurant and come back and somebody stole your truck and trailer mm -hmm. and race car. What about, is that 12 months coverage? Yes, it is 12 and, months. Uh, so if you're... Yeah. If it's home and storage and in the wintertime, it's covered as well? That's correct, too, yeah. What if it falls off the lift in, in your garage? Coverage. Yep. Good, good to know. Yep. No, that, that is good. And and $600 seems pretty reasonable mm -hmm. for to cover everything and, and just kind of thinking through. I mean, if you're talking a $30,000 race car, it'd take mm -hmm. you 50 years to, to basically come to that point where, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> we broke even. So. Yeah. And, and you know, one, one just, claim. You're right. One claim, and and it's it's definitely well worth the the six hundred dollar year investment. Yeah, that seems yeah. like a no brainer there. Yeah, hmm. I don't write too much of it just because it's not really the market that I work in. But there are other insurers. I think that Mel Eves, the guy that used to run um, Pro Mod, he's got a place down in Florida called Gulfstream Insurers. 
he writes a lot of that. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of other companies that write it. I don't, I don't really, I've written it before. I don't specialize in it and I don't, I don't take a lot of time working in this market, but probably any, any companies in Southwest Michigan. Not that I'm aware of Gary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, and we talked a little bit off air too, about um, the liability part of all of this, you know, as far as, you know, especially golf carts and scooters and stuff like that. When Going you through the pits. People, people riding on there with you and somebody falls off, mm-hmm. it, there can be some, some pretty heavy litigation going on there. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason you need that is because the golf cart is considered a recreational vehicle. So mm-hmm. while you've got, while you are at home, recreational vehicle liability is covered while you're on premise. It's when you go off premise at the racetrack that you have no coverage anymore. To add recreational vehicle liability insurance on your homeowner's policy might cost $15 per year. If I know somebody that has quad runners or mini bikes or kids that ride mini bikes or whatever, anything like that, I generally even add it on and don't even tell them about it Mm -hmm. just as a, you know, right. a safety net. But they're operating at their home. Correct. Right? Well, yeah. If they if they leave, then they they would have the coverage. Let's say Gary. Oh. Let's say you had a golf cart mm-hmm. or a sco- a mini bike. Yeah. And you were out riding in your backyard, and you hit somebody with it, and you hurt them bad. Mm-hmm. You'd have coverage because that's on your premise. Right. You lose coverage when you take that recreational vehicle off premise and go to Baldwin, Michigan, or Martin Dragway. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's why you have to pay the extra money, the $15 or whatever your homeowner's company charges to, to extend that liability coverage you have off-premise. Now, the other part of it is is the reason why you don't need that at the golf course is because it's a non-owned recreational vehicle. Right. So if I were here and I'm riding on your golf cart, I have coverage for it because it's a non-owned vehicle to me. I guess that makes sense. That makes sense to you, Justin? Sort of. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... And and I guess, and that's probably a, a big reason why we asked Eddie to come in and talk with us, just mm-hmm. to try to clear up some of the confusing things that are, you know, the ins and outs of the insurance mm-hmm. business and, and, and what you really need, what you, you know, may or may not need. The best thing to do is to sit down with your agent and the agent that knows the ins and outs of the industry and tell them what you've got. Yeah. The important things that, you know, I, I'll sit down with somebody and say, tell me what's important to you. Tell me everything out in that garage that's important. That right. if something happened, you'd be the first, the first thing you'd look at me and say, am I covered on that? Good idea. No, and that is good. And that's good to, to take good. that minute and kind of ask yourself that same question. Honestly, right. you know, what, <laughs> if I came home, you know, from vacation or whatever, and, my entire trailer, garage, pole barn, whatever was empty. What are the first things that I want to know about? And I want to mm-hmm. know whether it's covered. Mm-hmm. Right. And and once that, you know, once you make that list, sounds like it's a really good idea to, to get a hold of you or, you know, mm-hmm. or somebody else in that, that specifically deals with this and work on getting an insurance policy to cover all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. And and on the uh, on the policies that you can buy on your race car, they'll throw in some contents and such like that for your snap on toolbox that's in your trailer for all your fuel, for all your shop equipment, your jacks, things such as that. Sure, sure. That yeah. adds yeah. up quick. Oh, it does too. Generators. And mm-hmm. and just thinking about I mean it, it 
I know we're in the world of information where, I mean, if somebody, if somebody gets something stolen, it's all over Facebook within hours. Mm -hmm. And it, a lot of times it's found now. Right. And which wasn't usually the case. And I, I don't know that it, that people, things are getting stolen more often now, as much as we're just finding out more about it. We're seeing it more lately. Mm -hmm. It's definitely mm -hmm. way out more in front, but that would be, that, that would be the worst feeling in the world to come home and, uh -huh. and find that everything's gone. Well, and I had, I had some friends that um, had four cars, we talked earlier, mm -hmm. in their trailer, and it was an accident. And I st still to this day can tell you exactly where I was at when I got the phone call from my friend. And said, he just said the worst thing in the world, just my greatest fear just happened. We just yep. lost it all. Yep. No, it's all no. gone. No insurance at that point? They did. They did have an insured yeah. at okay. that point. Yeah, I yeah. insured it for them. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And and that was I mean as far as as far as that situation goes it could have been much worse cuz yeah. one of the boys was in the back sleeping and ended up through the bathroom right. wall in the motor home. Really? Oh yeah. It it could have been so much yeah. worse that yeah. nobody nobody in their rig was seriously injured but I mean it, it, there was a, a gentleman in that accident that lost his life. Yeah. And the way that the tractor trailer hit the trailer it it hit it on an angle instead of hitting it like this and going right into the motor home. It basically went like this and sawed through the trailer, came around and then stopped in front. Yeah, that's it. It was. Yeah, I, I can remember the pictures. It. What was it? Probably seven or eight years ago or so, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was. It was. It was an ugly crash. And you know, and and I think of different things that have happened just here that you know that that I see. I know that. There was a, a gentleman a few years ago had an air throttle cycle on him when he was he wasn't low he wasn't trying to load his car under power he was trying to get it lined up to the winch mm -hmm. and it cycled on him and I mean the car pushed the golf cart through the mm -hmm. front of the trailer into the back of the motorhome mm -hmm. I mean it it could have been much worse but just mm -hmm. to I guess the peace of mind that if something silly like that happens that you're covered mm -hmm. like it's it's not going to be endless overtime to try to right repay for everything and rebuy everything and rebuild everything it's you know a call to your agent and you know the checks in the mail <laughs> well i wouldn't quite say that right right <laughs> but I, yeah anybody knows that that process is not that simple at all <laughs> yeah especially in, in the situation that we were just talking about because there was a death involved and right you know the insurance adjuster needs a police report in order to settle the claim and the police aren't too quick on making a police report when there's a fatality. For sure. Yeah, there's, so, there's a lot of investigation that yeah. goes on. So that didn't that, there wasn't a check just issued quickly on that one. No. No, that's and that part's unfortunate there yeah. too, but it's all part of it. I mean, that's it's the risk that we take by, you know, taking our our essentially our life savings. Yeah. Well, and you know, as I said, I've been racing here since 1980, yep. and I can I can name probably five things real quick that were close calls that I that I could have gotten hurt real bad in. Oh, yeah. And most of them weren't on the racetrack. Right, right. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, it, it just, it, yeah, I could, I could probably think of at least that many examples yeah. of people that have, you know, have lost a lot, not, not probably not everything, but have lost a lot of personal property, yeah. you know, race cars and, and stuff like that, just on accidents, you know, within two hours from here. Yeah. Well, it was mm -hmm. funny, Gary, you'll get a charge out of this, but... Dick Rector one time was loading up his truck while I was walking in front of it. He was mm -hmm. loading his race car on his trailer between, I was, there was a building and I was walking in between the building and his truck <laughs> and he was loading it up and I went, I don't like this situation at all. And I turned around and jumped out of the way and 
when he put his car on the trailer, his truck was in neutral and it shoved it into the building. Oh, wow. no kidding. Yeah, Good example. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. I, and it really, truly is amazing how people aren't paying attention. Oh, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So race cars are probably more likely to get hurt off track. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Far yeah. more likely to get yeah, hurt Yeah, they're paying track. attention pretty much on the racetrack. Yeah. So, okay, I've got a motorhome, I've got a, a trailer, and I've got a race car. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have to insure the motorhome to get a license plate. Mm-hmm. Is that where you go to cover the rest of it, too? Um, you'd, you'd also insure the trailer there because that's a st- what we call a standard market risk. It's something that just about any company will write. Okay. Then you've got what you call excess market risks or surplus lines risks, which are things that the standard market companies don't really want to write. Um, oh. I know there's many of them out there, K&K, American Specialties, mm-hmm. Lloyd's of London, yeah. things like that. But, uh, this- and that's where you're going to go for the race car because standard market companies don't understand it and don't want to insure it okay for the race car yeah for the, for the race car the for, yeah for oh. the contents in the trailer you can probably schedule it on a, on your homeowners um for like sporting equipment or the mini bike the golf cart or the stuff like that the but generator off premise yeah okay yeah you want to either schedule it or include it in the policy for the race car okay and then um so your your general all-state dealer won't help you with that trailer he will help you with the trailer. With the trailer itself, yes. maybe not so much yeah. the contents, you know, like the golf cart and, and the tools and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, that's to, when the you have that's to go when to Boys of London for that. Me. Yeah, well, the, the, general, the general standard market company would probably write the tools. Okay. Um, but make sure that there's not an exclusion on there for, you know, a lot of people want to put it on their homeowner's policy as personal property. The problem with that is there's a business exclusion on it. Yeah, that's you mentioned before. Yeah, and they can look at, you know, right. the adjuster asked me, have you ever won money doing this? And I said, won money or made money? Mm-hmm. He said, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, of course, the tax <laughs> forms, I'm sure most people right. are using you know, the yep. racing as a business. Always yeah. Have. So um, you can generally... The problem is a lot of the contents are automotive-related, like automotive parts, a spare transmission, maybe some a spare rear end, spare wheels and tires, things like that. Mm-hmm. There's a big exclusion for auto auto parts on your person on your personal property coverage off okay. your homeowners. That's why you want to try to find somebody that will schedule all that so that they know exactly what it is. Okay. So when we're when we're talking about covering, say, let's say I want to cover my race car. How is that value established of what the amount that it's covered for? Because, uh, I mean, it's good, not. I, good question. I, I don't have. I don't have a you know a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar pro stock in my trailer. That's. I mean, everybody knows that. But I don't. I, I also wouldn't necess- wouldn't come to you and say, yeah, that thing's worth two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. Just to I, although I've had people do that, Justin. Oh, I. I can, yeah, I can and imagine. I know darn well that that vehicle's not worth that, and right. so does the adjuster. Right. Um, the, the value that you want, and you do want to state a value. Sure. And they want you to state a value because it's based on that value. The price is. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's based on what's called an actual cash value, which is basically what a willing buyer and a willing seller come to as far as the price. Reasonable price. Say you wanted to, you wanted to sell your Roadster and I wanted to buy it. It's not a forced sale. You're not going bankrupt and you have to get liquidate things. What is the number that we come to? Sure. Um, I want to buy it. You want to sell it. 
that's what's considered the actual cash value of that car. Insurance adjusters are really good. Of the the situation that I had before with the four with the three dragsters that were in the um, trailer that we lost them all, we had a list of what ve those vehicles were, the year, the motor in the car, and in today's world you can get on race drunk. Oh yeah, and you they were all American dragsters with six thirty twos and. Yep. And they actually had them underinsured. Sure. They oh, were really? listed at a certain amount, and we mm -hmm. all knew that they were probably worth more. Sure. But that's what they got. Sure. Um, okay. I had a client one time come to me and wanted to insure their car for $125,000, and I told them, if you'd like to pay premium based on $125,000, you're free to do that. But there's no guarantee that that's what you're going to get right. when you lose, if you lose the car. time for a claim. Yeah, because I knew full well that car wasn't worth 125000 oh. Sure, sure. Yeah, Very it creates a moral hazard for the insurance company. Oh, absolutely it does. It to, does. To pay more than mm -hmm. the car's worth. Sure. Yeah. yeah and that at that sense. point, too, it, you've got a, the, the question of fraud kind of comes Correct. to mind. You know, yeah. If I just take a policy out last week... And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, my trailer burns down, and I say that there's $250,000 worth of cars and parts in there. Mm -hmm. yeah. that... Well, and the ultimate thing for any insurance claim is it's up to the insured to prove their loss. Okay. It's not up to the insurance adjuster to prove it wasn't worth that. It's up to you to prove it was. Okay. That, that's an interesting point. So it, mm -hmm. it would be... It would be very prudent of, of me to, to have a list of everything that I've got. Correct. And, Receipts. you know, just, it, yeah, I mean, listing uh -huh. part numbers or, right. you know, just a, an inventory of what's in the trailer. And, and that goes both ways, too. One way, it can help you to prove the value of what's there. Mm -hmm. And the other way is so that you know everything that's gone. Right. Because I couldn't, I couldn't sit here right now and tell you everything that's in my trailer. Right. And by the same token, too, if you've got a brand new 5,500-watt Honda generator and yep. it's gone, you don't want something from Harbor Freight. No. No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. That's true. So, and, and, and all that, too, pictures go a whole yeah, lot, you know, do. pictures worth a thousand words. Yeah, they do. And and I know mm -hmm. I know there are people that, that you know, have a, well, in the, when pictures were on prints, I mean, now everybody's just got cell phones and they're yeah. on their phone, but that have a, a file in their safe of pictures of their toolboxes open and cabinets open sure. in the trailer that they'd keep around just in case that they need to figure out what they're missing right. and what it's worth to replace it. Yeah. And, and for the most part, insurance adjusters are not stupid people. No. They're extremely smart people that have seen a lot more than what I've seen. And, if you have, uh, you know, if you're driving a small pickup truck and you live in a very small house and you're working at a average job, you're probably not going to have a six hundred thousand dollar top fuel drag. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah. There's the, there's the look at sense. look look beyond the the box of what we're actually talking about here. Yeah. And, and see the bigger picture there yeah. for sure. So those are the big things. You know, the trailer, the contents, the race car. Um, equally as big as the liability. Uh, yep. The liability is where you lose everything. Now, in, in, in that, so you, we're talking liability. Say something on track happens. Okay. And I, I mean, I know there was, I don't, I, I really don't want to bring it up. Like just this last weekend, there was a fatality at a track that I've raced at recently. Mm -hmm. And it's really not that far from here. And it was, I mean, it was a single car incident and everything like that. But had that been a 
multiple car incident. Where does the liability responsibility come for the driver that does survive that? Well, it's one of those questions, Justin, that you were never really going to know what would happen until it does happen. You're right. Um, Too many variables? Yeah, there's just too many variables. There's too much negligence comes into play, right. you know, degrees of negligence. Um, the the racetrack has a liability policy. Sure. And it's probably huge. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. I'm sure they've got major limits on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you have to do is look at the insurance policy from the racetrack. None of your personal liability is going to cover you while you're competing, practicing for a race. It's just not going to happen right. on, oh. your, on your home insurance policy. Home insurance policy is basically just for your premise while you're at home if your dog bites the mailman. Right, right. All kinds of other exclusions on it for what we do here. Mm-hmm. Um, the racetrack liability covers the racetrack, and it also, if you look at the policy, it will say who is considered as an insured, and it's going to say US-131 Motorsports Park is the named insured, so they're going to be covered. Right. I'm sure there's a whole lot of other people that are covered named insured. Yep. Then there will also be a thing on there that says participants, spectators, and it will be very, very deep. And what that means is if you're on the racetrack and you go off the racetrack and hurt somebody and you get sued because of that, the racetrack insurance policy is going to, number one, defend you in court. Oh, okay. And pay upon your behalf. That's that's extremely good. Really? Isn't it? Correct. That, that, is, that yeah. is a good, that's some good The only problem that happens is when you injure a lot of people right and each one of them sues you for or their heirs and sue you for a million dollars and there's only six million dollars worth of coverage and you've got 20 people you killed right. i'm just saying that at worst the, case scenario sure but that it, it, it doesn't happen it, it doesn't correct <laughs> so yeah interesting but if you hurt somebody, if you hurt somebody say you run over a spectator in the pits something like that and you get sued the the racetrack policy generally in, covers you just as much as it covers the racetrack. Okay, that's that is really yeah. good. To and know. again, that's I not that's that. not a blanket statement because every company looks at things different. But every racetrack that I've ever looked at, as far as their their liability policy, that's how it reads. Okay, well that's that's good information to know. So mm-hmm. very good. I it also includes that. sponsors. So a lot of oh, so, yeah. and, so and a lot a, of people think you know I don't want to sponsor a race car because if something happens. Right, um, the sponsors included on right. That. No, that that is that's a, that's a very good point. Yep. Yeah, and it's I mean, it, I'm sure it's been attempted before where every single contingency decal and everything, you know, uh-huh. somebody that gets hurt because of that car or whatever, is 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 had to answer questions based <laughs> on that. Yeah, and the disclaimer that you sign right. plays into it a whole lot too, but not as much as we would like to. Right. Um, oh yeah. How about the track help? <laughs> when, the, when the jet funny car finally breaks those big windows up there at the tower yeah i'm just kidding you'd be under a work comp on that one good <laughs> that case, there you go there you go well i i think my questions were answered i don't know about yeah, yours right. gary oh and that, there's a lot i learned here today yes for sure and and oh, i think that um eddie and i are going to have to have a conversation here pretty soon mm-hmm. and <laughs> make sure that that you know, my stuff is covered and, and properly covered. And, and I think that, you know, I pretty, I'm seem most everybody should do the same. I mean, realistically, yeah. it's, it's not a bad idea. It's not a ton of money. I mean, 
I don't know of anybody that wouldn't hesitate to spend $600 on making their car go faster or making it more consistent. What's $600 a year? I mean, realistically, to, to know that that car is covered if, you know, you get rear-ended by a drunk driver on your way home from the racetrack. I mean, something stupid like mm-hmm. that happens, and, and you know, you're you're not having to, to pick up the pieces and, and figure out how you're going to get back to the racetrack. Mm-hmm. True. So. Well, Very good. thank you, Eddie. We really okay. appreciate Thanks, you coming in and taking the time to talk with us. And, and I hope that everybody listening to this gets as much out of it as, as I think we did. Oh, I think everybody listening should be you know, taking stock in what they have insured and what they don't. Definitely. It's a good wake-up call and a good uh, service of the podcast, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Well, thanks again, Eddie. Okay. We really appreciate Justin. it. Take care. Thanks, Ed. Thank you very much. All right. We want to thank Eddie for taking the time to come in here with us. Uh, he he came up to the track and, and wanted to sit and talk with us a little bit. And, I mean, the, the conversation, even just outside of what we recorded, that mm-hmm. was good stuff, too. Oh, my gosh. It was very enlightening. It was. It, and I I know I said it, you know, on during the recording, but I really think that him and I are going to have to talk and, <laughs> and get something rolling here. I'm sure you got a lot of racers thinking. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and I hope so. Just mm-hmm. if, if nothing else, you know, I hate seeing the fires and the and the, the highway wrecks and right. stuff, which... I hope they never happen. Exactly. But you want to be prepared if they do. Yep. Got to protect yourself. For sure. Coming up next... We've got an interview with Kyle Riley and Jake Hodge from SFG Promotions to talk about this weekend's Summer Nationals presented by FTI. Right. It's the SFG race. A whole lot of money going to get thrown around here this weekend. Mm-hmm. Seems how we're going to be talking about what's coming up this you know next year at US 131 Motorsports Park. Mm-hmm. We're joined once again live with Kyle Riley and Jake Hodge from SFG Promotions to talk about the the Summer Nationals presented by FTI coming up this weekend. Hey, guys, can you hear me all right? Yeah, we can hear you. Yes, sir. All right, good deal. What What's on tap for this weekend? Pretty much the same thing as, as Memorial Day weekend was, or is there anything that may be a little different? Well, um, it's basically the same thing except for um, the Saturday night event it won't be 125 grand this time. It'll be 100 grand, and we went down a little bit on entry fee. Okay. The first race was 750 bucks to enter. This one is 699. So we um, kick things off on Thursday with a 20 grand warm up race. Friday is 50 grand. Saturday is 100 grand, and Sunday is 50 grand. All right. That that sounds good. I mean. When you're winning a hundred grand, what's another twenty five thousand? You know, I mean, it's, we're... <laughs> it's just nonchalant a hundred thousand dollars. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, for for guys like Jake, you know, the hundred grand is just you know, it's 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 chump change. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the the gates open to Wednesday, which will we're we're Tuesday right now. This podcast will come out Wednesday, so the gates will probably be open once this comes out. Um, what time do the gates open Wednesday? Uh, I think they're scheduled to open at 9 a.m. Okay. And, and that's just a parking day. There's no, no test and tune or anything. It's just get in, get set up and get the grill going and a, and a campfire going and hang out and get ready for the weekend. Right. Exactly. Yes. Um, Wednesday is just the early, for the early arrivals to, um, get settled in, get the good parking spots and, um, get ready for the weekend. Like you said. Okay, that sounds yeah. good. And the last time, you know, the 
SFG was in town, there was there was a few shootouts, uh, some high roller races and low roller races. Is, can we expect the same thing this weekend? Definitely, yes. Um, that became pretty popular pretty fast in Michigan because we actually had guys that was um, a little teed off when they missed the call. We called a 32 car shootout, and that's putting it um, mildly because uh, <laughs> they said it sold out. Guys was calling; they didn't even come up here. So we ended up doing a 64 car shootout. So um, we will be doing those shootouts throughout the weekend, like when the main event gets gets down to the fifth round. We'll start calling for the shootout. So, guys, just listening in. Don't get into the cooler if you happen to lose first, second, or third round. <laughs> um, we will be doing shootouts, and the shootouts will have a little special twist to them at this event because some of the prizes in there you, you'll get cash, but um, you'll you'll be able to win an entry into the SMG 500, which will be at Martin next wow. June 26th to the 30th. Um, so you'll be able to win a, a chance for an entry at life changing, real life changing money. Um, a half a million dollars will be on the line at that rate. Oh yeah, for sure. So, so the word is, and <clears throat> excuse me, the word is, bring a little extra cash <laughs> with you this weekend for those shootouts for, right? to get into the shootouts. If if you have the misfortune of going out early, and and you know the the cooler will still be there when when you're done. But uh, yeah, definitely plan on getting into the, the, a shootout or two. They'll, they'll be happening pretty much every night. That's some good advice, Kyle. And then. Uh, Around fifth round, though, start listening for that stuff, right? You, you never really know what to expect from Kyle. He's the only guy I've ever met that loves to give away cash, so uh, just be ready for that. <laughs> well, my, my pockets are wide open, so I, I'm going to see what I can do to get some from him. <laughs> we, 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 promised, we promised this time also we're no more 68 car shootouts like we had in Carolina. <laughs> 68 car shootout, huh? <laughs> well, look, look, they, that, was, that was a slight bit of a mix-up because of the night before. The guy was under the um, – impression that if they was entered in the one um the night before that they was automatically in this one because we didn't get a chance to do it so they didn't oh. go up and um they didn't know that they had been removed so they just came to the staging lane that's how that one happened <laughs> so we'll be on the lookout for, for for that one and also something else at this race that's new to smg which we didn't do a lot in the past we're offering gate entry so if you're not on that list we are not sold out um, you can come any day starting with Thursday and pay a single day or and something that's very special that we got at this event is the guys that have to work during the week that normally miss the SFG event, you can roll in Saturday morning, get a new entry time trial, and pay five hundred bucks and that gets you in for the hundred grand on Saturday and also the fifty grand on Sunday. So we can have the, the real weekend warriors can come and pay five hundred bucks to race for hundred and fifty grand guaranteed. No, that's not a bad deal at all. I, you know, I know, I know, I'm running short on vacation time. I do have Friday off, but had I not, that would that definitely be a good option to to consider. Yeah, that's, that's great news. No, yeah, that that is that is good. So also, yes, yeah, so I did. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jake. Uh, I talked to Jay today, and just for a little bit of racer info, I don't know which suite number it is, but right there next to the control room in the tower that suite next door will be the uh, best losing package giveaway headquarters we're moving that out of the control we're moving it over to the suite so no that's a good you get idea. call to the tower for a best losing package go next door to the control room right there at the suite and we'll have your stuff set up in there no oh, perfect that's a good idea so tell... i have those from time to time oh yeah <laughs> you have good ideas from time <laughs> to time is that what you're saying yeah there you go 
Now, it, we, there's still no box is still separated until uh, there's one left, correct? Yes, and you know, one thing, I'm glad you brought that up because we actually changed it. I think at the last event, it was 2500 for the last no boxer standing, and um, we actually changed it to 1000 and and it's really, really not fair to the Michigan contingent because they are some of the ones that supported the no box. The guys down south didn't, and that was the reason for the change, but um, so we're going to meet them partly in the middle and probably do... Disregard the flyer that says a thousand. We're gonna do fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred for the last one standing. Yes, it'll be fifteen hundred to the um to the last no boxer. We had a few poppy T guys complaining, saying that they're the ones that really support SFD the most. Why do these guys get a bonus? But well, because I'm the CEO of SFG and I'm a foot breaker. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the top EP guys, the top EGT guys were complaining they didn't get any bonus money. Well, told Kyle earlier they got a bonus because we didn't turn Kevin Pollard loose on him for four to five rounds. That's so. right. That's right. Exactly. That's their that's bonus. <laughs> that's their bonus. Oh man! And, and this is going to be great this weekend. So I'm glad that we got a chance to get on here. Uh, a lot of local guys can hear that that didn't know about the um we open it to everybody. Nobody will be turned away. You can show up and come race any day at Martin. And especially I think the guys will really like that um that weekend um Saturday, Sunday deal for five hundred bucks because I don't think there's nowhere else you can race for a hundred grand except SFG. So the next one will be next year because the one in Ohio coming up that one don't pay a hundred grand. That one is seventy five grand. So you better get in on this hundred grand to why you why you got a chance to do it. Oh, for sure, especially in this area, you know that the next yeah. shot you've got it winning that kind of money is probably going to be the million down in October, correct? Yeah, the million, and and it, it'll cost you two grand to get in there. Right, right, <laughs> and that's a long ways away from here. Yeah, triple one hundred, in Rockingham, October, I believe, isn't it? No, triple one hundred is the following week after March. Oh yeah, and Rockingham still—that's yeah. that's quite well, a haul from here. We got so many races, you forgot. We going back to back weekends. We're leaving Martin and Jeff Sarah of In Motion Solutions, the the guy that makes the big checks for us. He sent me a picture of them. Um, he got them all made up and ready for the next two weekends. He said, "Do you realize this is six hundred thousand dollars worth of checks here?" He said, "So total payout in two weeks from SFG is over eight eight hundred thousand dollars." Man, so it, that's that, that's a that's a whole lot more zeros that I'm used to looking at. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can show you my last losing time slip, and there's a bunch of zeros on that one too. But it, it doesn't it's not, it doesn't pay the same. So uh, man, we're excited though. We can't wait to get to Martin this weekend. Weather forecast looked good from the last one I saw. Looked like highs in the upper 80s and lows in the lower 70s. So mm-hmm. perfect drag racing weather. Can't wait to get after it. Oh yeah, yeah, we're excited too. Now we've we've we mentioned it maybe last podcast about the SFG 500, and we I mean we're all excited about it. That's that is like you said, truly life changing money. I mean, five hundred thousand dollars is that's that's a good chunk of change, even for for somebody like Jake Hodge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, it, it's not only. <laughs> but, you know, um, not only are they excited in Michigan, I mean, of course, with it being the U.S. 131 Motorsports Park, it makes it special for you guys. But this buzz is throughout the country. We got um, about 280 entries and 
about 75% of paid something. So the way it goes, the first 300 to pay a deposit or in full, you pay a deposit, the first 300, 250 bucks, you can get on a payment plan and your, your entry is locked in at 1250. The highest entry will be 1750 if you rolled in and paid at the gate. But the lowest is 1100. If you paid in full now, you get an entry into a 500 grand to win race guaranteed for $1,100, which is that's unreal. It's, it's, it's like, it's unbelievable. So we got about 40 that's paid in full so far, and we got limited spots available for that. Because once we get to 300, it goes up not much, but it does go up about 100 bucks. So it'll be 1350 and it'll be 1200 if you paid in full. So okay. save 100 bucks. We got about 20 more spots for that for the cheapest entry into the FFG 500. No early bird gets a worm. That's exactly <laughs> right. Now, now you will be taking entries this weekend for that, correct? Yes, you can see Jackie and Jess um, when you sign up for tech or when you come in for payout or whatever you're doing coming to buy back. If you're interested in signing up for the SFG 500, they can get you taken care of right there. Okay, that sounds good. Now I'm I'm real excited about it. I you know I I had a lot of fun the last race and and I actually made a dollar or two and. You know, it, it it's an awesome race, and, and I mean, it's definitely definitely spoiled to be able to race here every single week at this facility, and, and I mean, it's definitely one of the nicest facilities around, and and, uh, and a race such as this, giving away 250s and 100, and then, a, you know, just a piddly bonus race or a warm-up race of 20 grand to win, that's, I mean, we're talking a lot of money that's going to be rolling through here this weekend, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm calling the shot now. It's going to be door car heavy, and it's going to be Steve Riggins and Justin Wanamaker in the final. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, oh man. That, that sounds like now, a good one. Now, now you, know, like a good one. you know what that means, Jake, right? That means I'm going to be talking terribly Sunday morning. You, you're exactly right. You would not have a voice, and I'm sure Jenna will just – be jumping up and down for joy that you're not going to be able to talk to her all the way home. <laughs> <laughs> and another, another public service announcement, Justin Wanamaker will have his welder on the ground this weekend. I will. Yeah, oh, it's good loaded deal. up. Good, good <laughs> yep. Well, thanks well, a lot, get guys. On that um, SMG 500, just real quickly, um, the buzz is throughout the country. We got four entries already paid um, from California. We got somebody entered from Idaho, wow. and the SFG brand is just blowing up right now. We got—I just had a guy that just messaged me, "What's the nearest airport to Martin?" Because he's coming this weekend from Georgia, getting somebody to drive his rig up, and he's going to fly in. I think it's Battle Creek. Is am I correct about that, Justin? Yeah, uh, Grand Rapids is closer. Grand Rapids. Yeah, I better message him when we get done with this and let him know Grand Rapids is the closest airport. Yes, it is. That he can fly into. Yeah. Okay. So, well, thanks right. a lot, guys, for, for taking a few minutes and talking with us. And, and man, I'm, I'm excited to see SFG roll into town again. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks okay. a lot. Have a we'll good night, and uh, we'll see you this weekend. All right. Bye. Bye. We really do appreciate Jake and Kyle for, you know, taking the time to, to talk with us. And, and I know that they, they had a good time the last time they were here, and, and obviously because – you know the the SFG 500, the biggest guaranteed purse ever in in any kind of racing that you mm -hmm. know, as far as I know. In I mean, I don't know everything, but 
That's staggering. It, it, it's huge money. I don't think the guy that wins the, wins the Indy 500 gets that much. I don't think so either. So <laughs> they obviously they they liked what they saw here at US 131 the last time, mm-hmm. and they're coming back this weekend, and they will be back the end of June next year for the SFG 500. Wow, that'd be great. So and and after this weekend's SFG race, we've got a, a Lane Automotive uh, bracket race. On July the twenty first, right? Just a single day race, yep. you know, one and one and done, and mm-hmm. and uh, after that, the next day is the is the bug run. Yeah. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that. That's open to all German makes, right? That's a you know a race, a car show. I've got to believe somewhat of a swap meet, probably. Yep. And there might be some uh, vendors there. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're you know if you're tired of beating up on your Porsche at Gingerman or whatever on the road course, <laughs> and you want to see what it does in the quarter mile, bring it out. We would really like to have you and and hang out with a good group of VW fans and and just German car fans to you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's Audis too, I believe. You know the mm-hmm. Audis, the the Volkswagens, Mercedes. the Porsches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the German cars is really what this event mm-hmm. is is all about. Exactly. And then the weekend after that's the AMRA All Harley Drags. That's July twenty eighth through the 29th, presented by Perry's Harley Davidson in Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's racing going on. There's be some drag racing. I've got to believe there'll be at least one top fuel Harley. And I mean that's that's worth the price of admission in and of itself, and there'll be a bike show and vendors and and I'm sure there'll be some other shenanigans going on over the course of the weekend as well, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that'll round out the month of July, and it, I can't believe that's going to happen. <laughs> I can't believe we're already talking about the end of July and, and the beginning of August will be the bottom ball bash. That's right. I mean the that's Junior Dragster Bonanza. Yep, and, and the Junior Dragster Bonanza. Uh, put that one on your calendar if, if you're not. Days. Yeah, if you're not, if you're on the fence about that one and not have anything going on that weekend, you know, throw the pencil away, get the ink pen out, mark that on your calendar. That's a, it's a great time. It's a great race. It's some good money with a reasonable entry fee. And this year it's four days. Test and tune on Thursday with a gambler's race. Two grand to win gambler's race on Thursday. It'll pay $5,000 to win in, in on Friday and Sunday and $10,000 to win on Saturday. And for a, for a no box race, that's you know that's about that's as good, good as it gets. Yeah, and plus the uh, a pit vehicle race. The in pit the vehicle race, that's <laughs> that's sure to happen. Saturday night. Yep, and uh, plenty of racing for juniors as well. A couple five hundred dollar to win days, Saturday and Sunday. Some shootouts and a warm up race on Friday. Mm-hmm. It's really going to be a good weekend. And of course, the one after that, then August eleventh, is the biggest event of the year. Yeah, I can't wait to highlight that Northern one. Nationals. I, we're gonna we're gonna do something big for that one. I hope. Top uh, fuel, Cameron's baby. working on some some special stuff to mm-hmm. to highlight the US one thirty one Northern Nationals. Can't wait. Oh yeah, that's gonna do it. That was that was a fun episode. I I I, I really enjoyed our conversation with Eddie. That mm-hmm. was that was awesome. Oh yeah, good job on that. It was very interesting. I learned a ton. Yeah, me too. And we're looking forward to this weekend's SFG race. Um, are you, you going to be around at all this weekend? Or? I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think so, but I, uh, I will if I'm asked. Oh, yeah. There we go. And if you are unable to be around, it'll be live streamed on YouTube. Just type in Motormania TV or uh-huh. Motormania on the, on the search app for youtube and and it'll be live all weekend you know that can be very habit forming oh it can be once you get started you yep can't. <laughs> you, you can't put it yeah you can't stop you can't so stop. well thank you so much everybody for taking the time to download and listen to our show we really do appreciate it and if you like it let us know you know rate us accordingly and subscribe however you get your podcasts we're available on soundcloud app uh, the app store and google, google play, play. Mm-hmm. and you know leave us a comment let us know what you think 
All right. All right. That's going to do it. Thanks a lot, Gary. Thanks a lot, Cameron. And uh, we'll see you this weekend. Okay. See you now. Thanks.